What up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by Hy-V and Toys and Ford. I'm Dan Casper. Appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the podcast, and hopefully you all had a good Thanksgiving and a Thanksgiving break here. Uh, on this episode, I know it's been a few days, but uh, I want to chat a little Packers after that win against the Lions on, on Thanksgiving there. But first, let's do a little first things first, because as we are recording this episode of the podcast, news broke a, a little bit ago that the Carolina Panthers have fired their head coach, Frank Reich, his first season as head coach for the Carolina Panthers. And if you remember in the offseason, too, it, it looked like, I mean, that was a coaching staff that was put together that that generated uh, quite the buzz. Jim Caldwell was brought on staff. Uh, Evero, the defense coordinator for, from the from the Broncos over there, was brought in. Thomas Brown, offensive coordinator, came over from the Rams. I mean, there was a lot of positivity. And then they make the big trade in the offseason where they traded D.J. Moore in their first pick to the Bears for the number one overall pick. They got Bryce Young. Now the Panthers 1-10 on this season. They don't even have a first-round pick because of that trade, and it just hasn't been good. Frank Reich gave up play calling, then took it back. I mean, it's been a mess. You feel bad for the guy. I thought this was a good hire uh, to, to bring in and kind of mold a young quarterback, but it wasn't just working. It wasn't working. And now, it's you know if you go back to, to last year, there was reports and, and there was some some talk that that the Panthers really really wanted Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, and he pulled his name out right before he was set to interview there. You have to wonder if David Tepper, the owner for the Panthers, now is going to be really aggressive in trying to get Ben Johnson over to Carolina. We know he'll shell out money. He shelled out money for Matt Rule. That didn't work. He's fired Frank Reich. You know, six games left in, in his first year as, as a head coach. He's going to have to pay that off, too. We know he's he's willing to spend some money, and you have to wonder if he's going to make a push and throw a lot of cash at a guy like Ben Johnson to, to come in and right the ship. Um, and a lot of the issues has been on the offensive side. And and I got to imagine that Carolina is probably going to look at an offensive-minded coach, at least bring in somebody that – you know, can get the best out of Bryce Young, can work with Bryce Young. They've invested so much into Bryce Young that he has to work for them, especially since C.J. Stroud is having a ton of success with the Houston Texans right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how Carolina goes about this. They've had some questionable roster decisions over the last few years, I think also kind of led up to this point. But for Carolina... You know, this is the this is the first team right now that we're looking at. It's going to have a head coaching uh, opening. They've got to find a guy that pairs with Bryce Young. They got to find a coach that is you know willing to put Bryce Young into a position, into a spot to succeed. Not try to force Bryce Young to do what they want to do, fitting that square peg into a round hole. They've got to find a coach that can build around what Bryce Young does well. That's priority one. Whether that's you know the head coach who's going to be the offensive play caller, or spending some money to bring in an offensive guru, offensive coordinator that can build that offense to work around Bryce Young, that is the number one key this offseason. Especially since they don't have that first round pick, they have got to find a coach and a coaching staff that can come in and get the best out of Bryce Young. Put him in a position to succeed because 
The franchise needs that. They've invested so much into him. All right. Now, I want to talk some Packers. I know it's been a few days since, uh, you know, it's been the Thanksgiving uh, Day game there. But uh, this is the first time I've had a chance to to chat with all of you about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to, to get to it. I'm excited to, to talk a little green and gold and uh, to maybe get, get your thoughts on the current state of this, uh, of this ball club. They will have finished the month of November 3-1. and one. Wins against the Rams. Loss against Pittsburgh. Win against the Chargers. Win against Detroit. 3-1 and one in the month of November. That Pittsburgh loss, uh, they lost by four. Jordan Love in the month of November. According to our good buddy, Peter King, from, from his uh, Monday morning or excuse me, Football Morning in America column that dropped just a few hours ago. Jordan Love finished the month of November with a 103.1 quarterback rating. 103.1 quarterback rating. Uh, He also says all along the 2023 season has not been about winning the Super Bowl for Green Bay. It's been about developing the fourth quarterback in the last 32 seasons for the Packers. I don't know, fourth quarterback? I think he might have been third over there. Anyways, uh, so Love isn't in this space altogether because he had a three-touchdown, no-turnover game in the stunning and stunning the previously 8-2 Lions Thursday in Detroit. It's because he capped off a terrific November, the month of proving he belongs, with a 103.1 rating and with a 3-1 and month, the only loss, a four-point decision, to the Steelers later on uh, because that was part of his goats you know pot you know shout out to, to some of those players out there then he goes and and in his column two he breaks it down into a bunch of different uh, uh, segments if you will and, and other stuff on there numbers game 11 games into the debut seasons of the last three Packers starting quarterbacks Brett Favre in 92, 5 and 6. He had a plus 3 touchdown to interception ratio, passer rating of 79, passing yards 1985. 2008 Aaron Rodgers, 5 and 6 record, a plus 8 touchdown to interception ratio, passer rating 90.5, passing yards 2599. Jordan Love so far this year. Weird. Five and six record. The same as the previous two. But a better touchdown to interception ratio. Even better than Aaron Rodgers. By one, but still better. Plus nine. Passer rating 87.4. So about three points below Aaron Rodgers. But the same exact passing yards as Aaron Rodgers. 2,599. Peter King said, the more I watched Love the other day, the more I thought how smart the Packer way of developing quarterbacks is. We don't know yet if Love is going to make it, but the signs are promising. Obviously, Favre didn't sit when Ron Wolf traded for him in 92. It kind of did until injury. But Rodgers did, and it helped him mightily. Love sat the same three years, and watching him beat the Lions in Detroit on Thanksgiving and make some of the downfield throws he made. It's clear 
his apprenticeship under Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers was a big help. Where are you at now on your belief of Jordan, Mr. Jordan Love right now? Where are you at? Do you Are you starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more confident in the future of Jordan Love? And maybe, you know, do you feel like he is, yep, that's, that's going to be the long-term starter right now. It's going to be a long-term starter. Uh, I do. I mean, come on. I, I, I feel a lot more better. I A lot more better. That doesn't make any sense. I feel better. Now, again, I'm not ready to crown him and say, oh, boom, we got another pro football Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Not ready to do that. Not even ready to do that after Aaron's first year. But he, Jordan Love so far right now has played where he deserves to be the starter going into next year. He's got 19 touchdown passes, 10 interceptions. We mentioned the yards already. But for his first year, and, and the thing I will note with the with like the Aaron Rodgers numbers there, because I, the Favre one was, Favre wasn't Favre then, and I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers there. Favre, yes, had Sterling Sharp and such to, to throw to. But, you know, Rodgers came into a situation where, he had Donald Driver, veteran receiver. Greg Jennings was a couple years in. Uh, James Jones was in his second year, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, Jordy Nelson was a rookie that year. Didn't get a ton of playing time. But Rodgers came into a situation where he had a couple veteran receivers, you know, as a as first-time, full-time starter. Could rely on those. Love comes in. His veteran receivers are entering their second year. Second year. He's growing with these receivers. And, in fact, I mean, Jane Reed has maybe been the most consistent. Romeo Dobbs has been up there with, with the touchdowns and such. But I think you have to factor that into the equation. I think you do. And I think you have to factor in that Aaron Jones has been missing time due to injury this year. When you factor all that in, I mean, I think Jordan Love is having a pretty darn good season, solid season. Is it? Is it, you know... Pro Bowl worthy? Is it MVP worthy? No. Well, maybe Pro Bowl worthy, considering some of the Pro Bowl players that, that get you know voted in there. But I think you have to feel better from what you have seen from Jordan Love in these last couple of games. He looks a little bit more comfortable. He looks more decisive. There was an interesting nugget that I saw from from Rob Domofsky leading into that Thanksgiving Day game. And I'll be curious to see after the season or maybe pre or from Thanksgiving on to, to see if it's changed much, if it's changed at all. But there was, I'm going to bring it up here. Jordan Love had heading into, you know, heading into that Thanksgiving Day game. Jordan Love, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions versus man coverage. All 10 of his interceptions have come against zone coverage. Most in the league. Most in the league. That, to me, is a clear statistic number that tells you 
at least at that point in time, that that maybe love isn't love isn't seeing everything yet. That he's not seeing everything yet, which is to be you know. We've talked about how many times it takes quarterbacks a few years. Brett Favre, there was that notice story I've mentioned a few times where he, what was it, year, I don't know what year it was, but I remember him telling the story or Mike Holmgren telling the story at, at Favre's Packers Hall of Fame induction when Favre came up to him and he said, I finally get it. It was on a team plane, team bus or whatever. And, and Holmgren, you can look it up on YouTube, but he talked about that. That's that's a big moment in a quarterback's career when they finally get it, when everything starts to slow down. And when I saw that number, I'm like, oh, that that still tells you that I don't think everything is quite there. That maybe the not seeing entirely everything yet. But you look at some of the numbers now, and I'm not, you know, I know everybody's going to be throwing out these comparisons like we just did with with Love and, and Rodgers, the same amount of passing yards to their first 11 games. You know, Rodgers had 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, Love. 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, different circumstances, all that sort of stuff. Get that. Understand that. But you've got to at least feel a little bit better from what you've seen from Love. Is it perfect? No. Is there still some maybe issues in the deep ball and accuracy? Sure. Yes. But you've got to feel a little bit better about the growth. You've got to feel a little bit better about the play that we've seen. You have to. You just have to. And I think, too, we've got to give a tip of the cap. A guy who, and I've been one of them, I, I've been one of these critics from his play calling to scheming or whatever this year. But in the last couple of weeks, and especially in that game against the Lions, i got to give credit to Matt LaFleur. No no Aaron Jones, no Luke Musgrave, and your offense goes out there. I loved the mentality of starting that game. You win the toss, and you want to start off fast. You've been preaching about starting off fast. You win the coin toss. You go against the norm. Got to imagine interns going to love this. You're like, you know what? We want the ball. We're going to take that ball. Channeling his little inner Matt Hasselback. We're going to take the ball. We're going to score. They take the ball and they do that deep pass right away to Christian Watson. You're setting the tone right away. You're, you're, you're giving your young, inexperienced offense where they don't have Aaron Jones in it. They don't have Luke Musgrave. Matt LaFleur goes in there and says, screw it. I'm going to show you that I have confidence in you guys and we're going to go out there and, and we're going to Push this thing. I give a lot of credit to, to Matt LaFleur for that game plan that they put together Thursday against the Lions there. Offensively. Setting the tone early on the offensive side. Setting that tone early. I've questioned a lot of his play calls this year, his philosophy. Um, what the heck is the identity of this team for the most part of the this season? That was one of his best called games, in my opinion. When you factor in, you're going into the Lions, who have had your number the last couple of years, the best team in your division. You're banged up. You've got this inexperienced team. 
and you go out there and you set that tone right away. That I I gotta give him credit. I gotta give Matt LaFleur credit. And I know maybe I'll be in the minority on this because for a big chunk of this season there has been a lot of criticism towards Matt LaFleur, even some of you saying he should be fired, he should be gone, get him out of there. You don't think he's a good coach. I think you need to give him credit for that game plan against the Lions. And I think you got to give a little credit to, to Joe Barry. I think you got to give some credit to Joe Barry. Because one of the keys that we talked about last week was somehow, some way, find some pressure, get after Jared Goff. We know he can be turnover prone if you can rattle him. The thing is, it was like it's going to be tough because Detroit's got a really good offensive line. Rashawn Gary goes out there and balls out. First time back in that field since tearing his ACL last year. Three sacks, two forced fumbles. That There was constant pressure on, on Jared Goff. Not bringing pressure just to bring pressure, but they were getting after him, making him uncomfortable. He was aggressive. Joe Barry was aggressive, even with no Jair. I thought maybe Jair was going to play that game. Nope. They were still aggressive. Jonathan Owens probably maybe had his best game of his career. I mean, he was dang solid. And he played every single snap on defense, and plus a bunch of special teams out there. There were some dudes on defense that had to play every single snap out there and some on special teams because of the injuries. But factoring in all that, and considering the depth and, and some of the you know injuries out there, I think you've got to give Joe Barry credit. That was a heck of a game plan. And they slowed down that Lions offense. We talked about it heading into it. Key to victory was going to be, or key matchups were going to be, who was going to win in the trenches. Offensive line and defensive line. Packers won that. Packers won on the defensive line. Packers won on the offensive line. You didn't hear Aiden Hutchinson's name a lot in that game, did you? Didn't hear it a whole lot. Zach Tom, when 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 should we? I mean, we should be talking about that guy more for for the play that he has been showcasing out there. You don't hear his name. Why? Because he's doing a fantastic job at the right tackle spot, the second year man. That has been probably the biggest bright spot on that entire offensive line with. No Bakhtiari. Um, you know, you got Jenkins on there. Josh Myers, been questionable up and down. As much as the Packers want to say he's been great, there's been some questionable plays. John Runyon Jr., I'm sorry, but Sean Ryan should get some more playing time right now. Zach Tom has probably been the most consistent player on that offensive line this year. Second year man. And he has been fantastic. The Packers won in the trenches. They won that game in the trenches by protecting love and dominating from putting pressure on Jared Goff, able to put pressure on Jared Goff against that solid offensive line from the Detroit Lions. Matt LaFleur was exactly right after the game. Game ball for everybody. That was a team victory. That was a team victory. Christian Watson quieting some of the doubters right now for at least another week. 
That was the epitome of a, of a team victory. And I know there's going to be some Packers fans out there that are going to be like, yeah, would have liked a better draft pick this year. Would have liked a higher draft pick this year. Here's the, one of the things that, that bugs me about the whole higher draft pick thing. And it's not, you know, because I'm not going to do the typical drafts of crapshoot anyway. It's look at how many top picks, you know, kind of flame out and blah, 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 blah. Not going to do that. But for a lot of the people who want a higher draft pick for, for the Packers are also the fans that criticize their lack of success or thereof. They're the perceived lack of success with the draft. You want a higher pick, but and a lot of you have all been a lot. Of, I'm just gonna say a lot of you. There, there's a lot of Packers fans that have been critical of the Packers draft success. Same people. Here's the thing, though: if the Packers are five and six right now, which uh, they're still under 500, but they're out of a, they're a game out. And I think right now, I I said it last week. I think if they either win against the Lions or the Chiefs, they're going to the postseason. The Lions one was the most important one because of tie-breaking scenarios. They got that done. I, I'll tell you right now, Packers are going to the playoffs. My opinion, they're going to the playoffs. I think it sets up for them. I was doing the playoff machine thing here again, and I have them went losing two more games, and they, and they made the postseason still. That's just my bold prediction right now heading into week 13. I, I, I think they're going. I think they're going. And I know there's going to be fans that are – going to be a little disappointed because they wanted the higher draft pick. A lot of those fans are the same fans that have been critical about the Packers' quote-unquote draft success if you feel like they haven't been good in the draft. But here's the thing. If you feel like they haven't been good in the draft and you want them to have a higher pick, the reason they're in this position right now of winning games and being in the postseason is because they are drafting well. Zach Tom was a good pick. Second-year guy. Zach Tom was a good pick. Jaden Reed looks like he's a good pick. We're all high on Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Quay Walker. Heck, even maybe Carrington Valentine might be a good pick. We don't know yet. But this is a big reason why we're in this position, why the Packers are in a position. If you think they haven't drafted well, this team right now, is the, re- the reason why they're still in a postseason spot is because they have drafted well. It's because they have. Whether you like it or not, facts are facts. They have drafted well overall. Not everybody hits 100%. Not everybody hits 90%, 80%. Some years, some teams just hit it out of the ballpark with, with their draft class. But when you look at some of these contributors right now on this team, give Goody a little credit. He's hit on them. Even some of his free agents, minor free agents out there, they've been stepping up. They've been doing a good job. You've got Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden playing meaningful snaps as rookies on defensive line. You've got Carrington Valentine, a seventh-round rookie, being your number one corner these last couple weeks. These rookie wideouts, tight ends, Tucker Kraft getting his first uh, career touchdown, Zach Tom, a second-year guy. They have been drafting well. That's why they're in this spot right now, and that's why I think there's a lot of excitement from the majority of Packers fans. There's a lot of enthusiasm right now. If you can't tell, I'm pumped. I didn't think they were going to go into Detroit and win. I thought it was going to be, oh, that's how we're going to start Thanksgiving. They're probably going to lose. I was pumped after that. 
Victory scotches and man cave lights, baby. And I think that's what a lot of us wanted to see, right? We wanted to see continued growth. We wanted to see, you know, confidence brewing, maybe kind of like the Lions last year where they started off so bad but finished the season. They missed the postseason by a game. But there was, like, a lot of enthusiasm. Like, all right, this is a team to watch. We kind of wanted that. At least I did. I kind of wanted that. Something to feel good about heading in the offseason. Like, they're on the right page. They're doing something right. It's going to work. And right now, I know we still got six more games to go here, six more weeks. A lot can be decided yet. But I think right now in the current state as it is on November 27th, you got to feel a little, at least a little bit good about your ball club right now. And maybe even a little bit about your, your quarterback. Why wouldn't you? If you're not, then I don't know what else to tell you. I, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, the other thing I was kind of pondering about, too, you know, we've been talking about how Love, you know, looks, last couple weeks has played incredibly well, looked really good uh, on, on Thursday. Is, you know, we, we talk about the growth of these youngsters together, like the, the young players together, Love and the receivers, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about that growth. And I know there's there's probably going to be some flack against this statement or some will disagree or some will say, well, that's, you know, that that's not very good coaching or whatever. But I also feel like there's been some growth with Matt LaFleur and, and Jordan Love. And, you know, kind of a give or take, kind of a feeling out period between, you know, those two guys trying to figure out, okay, what's what works best for him? How does he excel? How do we put him in a position to best succeed? You see it in practice. You you know you get an idea maybe a little bit in practice and and all that, but you really don't know. You really don't know how good a player is or what's going to work until you you get into an actual game. Games on the field, games that matter. And I feel like we're seeing at least right now. We are seeing some growth with Lafleur and and Jordan Love too. Like they're they're finding things like like Lafleur's finding things that's like okay, that's where Love's really good at adapting. Maybe a little bit of the game planning, the play calling, and that. We go back to finding that identity, right? Finding that identity, and I think we're getting close to to Green Bay finding that identity. So, well, I just, yeah, I think, I think we're getting there and that's where I, I, I've got that optimism. Maybe, I, maybe I'm a little too optimistic at this point in time. Maybe I'm still reeling in on the, on that game on Thursday, but I feel better about the, the future of this team. I feel better about the direction of this team. That's probably the best way to put it. I feel better about the direction of this team right now than what we felt October 9th or October 22nd. Those were the Raiders and the Broncos games. I feel better about this direction now. We'll see how these next six go. It could completely change our feelings. It can completely change our outlook. 
It's a week-by-week business. It's a game-by-game business. But right now, the arrow for me is trending upward. I wanted to see a team this year that gave you confidence for the next couple for the next few years. Gave you confidence for the future. And right now, at this point in time, I think we're getting that. We're maybe finally getting that. I mean, say Green Bay finishes eight and nine or nine and eight. Let's say they don't make the postseason, but they finish eight and nine, nine and eight. What, they were eight and nine last year? Do you view then this year as more of a success considering new quarterback, all youngsters on the offensive side? Would you view that more as a success? I think you can make the case for it. I think that's a very good case to be made there. You go into next year. And I don't want to close the book on this season yet, but you go into next year, I think, feeling like how maybe the Lions felt last year. Like, all right, got some. There's something to to be excited about. And I think this upcoming schedule for, for Green Bay, they, they got a shot. I d- don't think that Kansas City game is as daunting as it was a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago. I don't think it's as daunting. I'm still picking Kansas City to win. If I'm making the picks now, I'm still picking Kansas City to win this game in Lambeau. But I don't think it's that daunting. And I think a big part of it, too, is Kansas City's offense, when you when you look at it, they haven't been the Kansas City offense that has um they haven't been the Kansas City offense that has been lighting it up the scoreboard and that. They've had a really good defense. In fact, maybe the defense has been the, the most consistent part of their team this year, which is kind of weird to say. And you kind of wonder if they if Green Bay comes up with a game plan to completely neutralize Travis Kelsey, could they come away with a W? Maybe not. But I don't feel like it's as daunting as it was maybe just a few weeks ago. Still got Green Bay losing it. But after that, Green Bay's got a hell of an opportunity in front of them. A hell of an opportunity in front of them. And if you're a fan, why wouldn't you be that? Why wouldn't you be excited? So I implore you, I implore you, Packers fans listening right now, because I know there are a few of you listening. There are a few of you out there. I'm looking at you right now in the camera and, and talking to you through your speaker. There are some of you out there that were like, Great, they'll go to the playoffs and miss or not win a game. Who cares? Who cares? We don't need that polluted mindset, to, to quote Mike McCarthy. We don't, we don't need that. Okay. Let's look at the bigger picture here. They get to the postseason this year. Seven seed, let's say. That is going to pay dividends for this team in the future, in the years to come. You're looking for that growth this year. You're looking for success. You have early success from this team, from these guys, from these inexperienced players. You have that type of success. That's going to pay dividends down the road. You still cheer 
Packers fan, you don't cheer for losses at this point in time. Okay? You don't cheer for losses. You cheer to go out there and win these ball games. Get to the postseason. I, would would they probably lose in the first round? Probably. If they get into it. Because they'd probably have to play like the 49ers or the Eagles or whatever. But there's going to be a lot of positives. A whole lot of positives, I think, to take away from this team if they sneak in there. Even if it's with nine wins or eight wins. Because they're getting it done with a brand new quarterback. They're getting it done with second year and and rookie receivers and tight ends, an offensive line that's been banged up and and missing their their left tackle, but it's their best player might be their second year right tackle on the offensive line. They're going to have a new right guard. You know, defensively they've been missing their top corner for chunks of this game. They traded off their second corner, Rasul Douglas. Their other corner, who was a first round pick, hasn't played in the game besides a few snaps on special teams. They've inserted a bunch of different safeties on there. Uh, their, their defensive line has incorporated um, Brooks and Colby Wooden, rookies on there. And they get to the postseason, or they win eight or nine games with all of that? All of that? Guarantee you those other teams in the division, Lions, Vikings, and Bears, are going to be like, again? Really? Again? Come on. Can we catch a break from Green Bay? So, yeah. You want to see success in these final few games. Does it mean you have a lower draft pick? Yeah, it's going to. Who gives a rip? It's going to pay dividends. You want to see success from your younger players. You want to see success from this team. You want to. It's going to pay dividends. It's going to. I think a, 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 a great example, a good example, like the Eagles. They went in Jalen Hurts' first full year as a starter. They got in as, was it the, the seventh seed or the, the last seed? They had to play Tampa in the first round. Tampa blew them out. We kind of figured that going in. It was like, okay. Eagles got in. They snuck in. They hi, hey, congrats. You got in. You got Tampa. They got blown out. Since then, lost in a tight game in the Super Bowl. One seed right now in the NFC. They paid dividends for that team. I don't think they're apologizing. I don't think the Eagles are apologizing for getting into that postseason because I think that benefited guys like Jalen Hurts and a lot of their other younger guys on there. That is what I want to see from this Packers team this year. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-V and Toys and Ford. I'm Dan Casper. Big thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, be a friend. Tell a friend to follow and subscribe to the Man Cave Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you are there, give it a five-star rating and a, re- and a positive review so others can find the podcast until next time i'm dan and i will see you or i should say talk to you on the next episode of the man cave podcast